Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and that every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and of some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning again for the sense of your presence and for your faithfulness. Would you take your own word and apply it to every heart? Apply it to every person as you see fit and have thine own way, Lord. We love the Lord Jesus. And we are unashamed to say it. And Father, we ask you to increase our love for him. For we know, Father, of your great love in him for us. So glorify your own name this morning. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. Now it's been a few weeks from we have looked at this. And it was the title, A Great House with Glorious Vessels in a godless environment. And just to give you a brief rundown of where we were, for it has been a few weeks since we were at this topic, I want to try and finish it this morning if possible. But Timothy, whom Paul is writing to, if you remember, he's a young man. He's maybe 20. Some say as young as 22. Some say as old as maybe 30 or early 30s. And He's now the pastor of the church at Ephesus. That's the the church that Paul writes the the epistle to the Ephesians to. And Paul's writing a second time knowing that he's going to die. He's going to be leaving. And he's handing, as it were, the baton of faith, saying, Timothy, listen, be strong, dig deep, be a soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, he hasn't promised you that it would be easy, but what he's promised you is he'd be there with you always. He's promised you that he wouldn't leave you, neither would he forsake you. He's promised that he would anoint you in all things. He's promised that you'll come through, that you'll, you'll be victorious at the end when you keep yourself focused on him. And so as he's writing to Timothy, this man who's now leaving, as it were, the scene of time, he's trying to He's trying to infuse, he's trying to input, he's trying to put something into Timothy and stir him up the way Paul was. Paul was a, a mighty servant of God. Paul was one of those men who left many behind in his wake and his trail as he blazed a trail for Christ. Even thinking of Demas having loved this present world, Paul says that he had left him and went to Thessalonica or went to Decapolis and Uh, And he went there because it's believed that maybe Demas was called, the love was called out of Demas' heart, not for the things of Christ, but for the things of the world. And that's where he ended up, in the world. Uh, And Paul's really looking here at Timothy and saying, Timothy, look, you have temptation all around you. This great commercial 
um, a, a city, this pleasure resort in Asia Minor. He says, all sorts of traffic are coming through. And there's all sorts of people here. He says, but listen, Timothy, don't allow it to draw you away from Christ. Don't allow it to draw you away from Christ. Once the heart goes, once the mind goes, the heart goes, and once the heart goes, the man will follow. The idea here is, he says, Timothy, there's not only temptation, there's persecution. And there's trouble. There's trouble in the church, but there's trial outside the church. Men and women hearing this new way of life, this new eternal life and living, uh, and this new message, this good news that you're bringing, says, Timothy, it's against everything that man's nature wants. And that's what the gospel is. Even today, brothers and sisters, it's against everything in your nature to follow Christ. That's why the devil always speaks to the old nature, tempts you to the old nature, calls the old nature, the old man and the old woman, to follow him like Demas went on to Decapolis and on to Thessalonica and all around that area. He went that way because there was a lot of sin there. And we're told that Paul writes this to Timothy to say, Timothy, it's time to mature. It's time to grow up in the faith. It's time to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It's time to take it on the chin, as we would say. It's time to dig deep. And remember, he tells him, you're a man of unfeigned faith, an unapocritous faith or an unhypocritical faith. In other words, Timothy, what has been birthed in you is of God. What has been birthed in you has been implanted and imputed by God. It's not of yourself, Timothy. He said, what you have is real. You're the real deal, Timothy. And there are those who profess Christ. There are those who, not only then, but even now, proclaim Christ with their mouth, but their life shows something completely different. Their lifestyle speaks of something completely different. Their mouth and how they talk speaks of something completely different. And their very heart shows them that they are something completely different. That's why the Lord says in our reading, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And when we don't understand why certain people may get on certain ways and profess to be saved, we need to leave that with God. We can discern spirits. We can give people a wide berth, but leave it with God. For the Lord knoweth them that are his. And if the, the, the idea of the Lord knoweth them that are his, then the idea of that is then surely stands the reason that there are those who are not the Lord's. There are those who are not his. And he says, Timothy, in this great cosmopolitan pleasure resort of Ephesus, he says, there are all sorts of multiculturalism coming in and all sorts of worship. And Diana, the goddess of the Ephesians, the great temple was there and the silversmiths and, uh, and Hymenaeus and Philetus were coming in and saying there's no bodily resurrection and, and they're trying to cause trouble in the church. He says, listen, Timothy, don't let it drag you down. Don't let the temptation or the trial or the persecution, don't let the trouble drag you down. He says, Timothy, the Lord knoweth them that are his. He's saying, Timothy, serve God and serve him alone. 
love Christ and love Christ alone. Here, we have looked at many things, this unfeigned faith. We have looked at, Paul says, stir up the gift that is in thee, the gift of God that is. It's in thee, Timothy. God's placed a gift in you. Stir it up. We have looked at it. He's saying, Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In other words, the power of God, love to God and to the brethren, and the sisters, obviously, to the brethren. That is uh, the agape love, the, the love which is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of an object that is loved, like a, like a, like a mother or a father loves their children. They don't need to perform. They don't need to practice. They don't need to do anything to cause your heart to love them. Your heart just naturally loves them. You just love them. You find that new parents, and we have a few expecting mothers in the church, and we have a few new parents as well, and, and you find even when that child is first born, as soon as that child is born and you're holding that wee one in your arms, it doesn't need to do anything. It's helpless. You just love it. It's automatic. And I don't know if you've had the conversation that Alice and I have had, but many times we have, when our, our Jody and then Ellie was born, it's as if they're only in the home out of hospital and you can't imagine your life without them. You can't picture your life even before it. You forget about all that. You know when you used to be able to just get up and say, I'm going out, and the two years walked out the door? You know those times? And when the child's born, it's now, have you got the, the car seat, and have you got something to put the child in? Have you got a bag of nappies? And have, have you got, you know, have you got the pseudocrim? You know, have you got enough bottles of milk and... Not that I done that. I can see Alison looking at me. Yeah, you did that, yeah. But I used to say to her, I was sitting in the car, have you got everything? <laughs> but it used to be you just get up and went. You can't do that anymore. But you forget those days because this one in front of you, this small little sparrow, just becomes precious. And he or she calls the love out of your heart. Now, Jesus says, if you and I, being evil or carnal, being human, being human, if you and I, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, if you know how to give your child good things, and your heart is poured out to that child, and your heart and your mind thinks about him or her all the time, the first time you have to go, you go to work and the child is maybe with the mother or the mother goes to work and, uh, and the child is with a child minder. Your mind's always with the child. And you look forward to being with them again. All of that is an example of that. As a, as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And all of that love poured out is a natural, it's, it's given freely. It's grace. It's it's everything poured out of your heart toward a wee one who has done nothing to deserve it nor merit it, but freely you love because they belong to you. Just You just love them. 
And if you and I being evil or carnal or being human, in other words, with our own depraved humanity, with our own fallen nature, still have it in us to love them like that, and they become our world, how much more will your heavenly Father give to the Holy Spirit? They give to those who love him. Think about that for a minute. Let that get into your mind this morning. How much you're loved. How much you're loved by your Father in heaven. Paul says, Timothy, everything's in you, son. Power, love. Notice, sound mind. Sound mind doesn't come, Timothy, because you're running around, as we would say, like a hairless chicken. Sound mind comes, no matter what's going on, the sound mind is the Father's voice is in your ear. The Father's word is in your heart. And you know you're loved. You're deeply loved. Do you see if we stop there this morning, that should be enough for you and I to sing and pray and worship and praise and adore and give him thanks. That should be enough. And yet it's so impossible and impregnable sometimes and unbelievable for you and I to say, who, me? (laughs) Brother, would you look at me? It might not be much of a picture, but would you look at me for a moment? Sister, would you look at me for a moment? You. You. He loves you. He's jealous over you. His guard is toward you. His mind, his thoughts are on you. Everywhere you go and every second of every day, his love doesn't change for you. I change. He changes not. The Christ can never die. Listen, his love, not mine, is the resting place. His truth, not mine, the tie. In fact, if you and I were saved because of our love for him, then we'd be maybe saved for 10 minutes and lost for the rest of the day. And we measure him according to our own hearts and to our own standards and to who we are. And we measure him to what we think and uh, the measure of our love uh, and the temperament that we have and the patience and the long-suffering, whether it's longer or shorter than others, we measure him in comparison with fallen humanity when he, in his eternal being and his eternal glory, loves you eternally, and he never, ever, ever, ever changes. In spite of you, he loves you and me, and not because of you and me. Timothy, I want you to know that no matter what you feel, no matter the trial, Timothy, no matter the heartache, Timothy, no matter the trouble, Timothy, no matter the hurt and the anguish and the fear and the temptation and the worry, Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, he loves you. No matter what. 
Everything that Paul says to Timothy is inward. In other words, he's saying, Timothy, your father has equipped you with everything. Think about it, brother and sister. Come on. Your father has equipped you with everything. How much more of the Holy Ghost do you need than the Father's already given? You can't get any more than the Holy Ghost than what the Holy Ghost is. It's the old Puritan says, God's circumference is nowhere. But his center is everywhere. In other words, the the glory that is in heaven where the angels are worshiping, the glory of the Father, the essence, the power, the person of the Spirit, all that God is in heaven is all that God is in you. His center is everywhere. The same Holy Ghost that convicted you at conversion. That's the power of heaven. Heaven came down. And glory filled my soul. Timothy, come on, son. Fix your mind. Focus your heart on him. I think this matters to us this morning to realize no matter what you're going through, you and I change. Thoughts change, our feelings change, our mood changes, our faith even changes. It goes up and it goes down. One minute you're ready to run through a troop and leap over a wall and the next moment you're hiding in the caves and running from Saul. And there's no difference in David and in you and that's how we are. And so we measure God and who we are, how we feel, what we think, what we have been told, instead of going to the God of the Bible, the living God of Israel, and saying, Lord, you never change. And your word is forever settled in heaven. His word may not always be settled with us in our hearts, but his word doesn't change. He never changes. Timothy, Timothy, no matter what goes on, listen to what he says in verse 19 of our reading. And nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. This isn't, and thank the Lord it isn't, this isn't the foundation of man. And this isn't the foundation of the church. And this isn't the foundation of a denomination. And this isn't the foundation of a religion. This isn't the foundation of an institution. This isn't the foundation of an earthly matter. This isn't the foundation of a philosophy. This is the foundation of God. In other words, he's saying, Timothy, see when God does it. See when God starts it. See when God lays it. See when God speaks it. See when God sends it forth. See when God gets involved and interferes and intervenes. He says, see when it's of God. He says, it cannot fail. Cannot fail. He says, Timothy, no matter what, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. 
In other words, the foundation of God, what God has done. The word here for standeth sure means the foundation of God is immovable. The foundation of God is solid. Do you remember in uh, the parables when our Lord said in Matthew 7, talks about the wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the the foolish man builds his house in the sand and the storms and the wind and the rain comes and and so on, beats upon the house. And the one that was founded on the sand, it it falls and great is the fall of it. But the Lord also mentions that it's also recorded in Luke chapter 6. I want to just read something because Luke says something just slightly different. Luke chapter 6 and listen to what the Lord, the Lord tells us in this parable. Verse 47, please. Let's go to verse 46. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Now here is a foundation already being laid. Why are you saying I'm your Lord, but you won't obey my word? Why are you saying that I am Lord, and yet... I tell you how to be victorious in life and you don't take it in. You don't do it. I send you forth in my name and yet you don't practice it. If I'm giving you my word, he says, and you're saying I'm your Lord, then surely that stands the reason, brothers and sisters, that if Christ is not Lord of all, then he is not Lord at all. He has to be in full control of everything, and we have to be under full submission of everything. And he says, How come you're saying, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, notice, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. In other words, this morning when you come out and you come to praise and worship and gather around the table, break bread and drink of the cup and, and remember the Lord's death, his broken body and his precious shed blood. But Lord, we're coming to hear your word. And what's the use in coming if God is going to speak to you and you hear it, but you don't do it? If God gives you the answer to a problem, if God gives you the, 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 the ability to solve an equation that you've had in your mind, to calm a fear, to break every chain as we sang earlier on, if God gives you the, the word to your heart and the spirit who is the same God who is in heaven, who is in this place, who's now moving in your heart and taking the word of God and implanting it into your very heart. And, and, and the Lord saying, here's what I'm saying. And if we leave here and forget everything that we've been told and don't put it into practice and we don't plan out our lives with it and we don't walk in it in the victory of it and trust in it and believe it and stand upon the promises, the covenants and the word of God, what's the use in hearing in the first place? You know what we're doing? We're hearing and we're like those seed that was scattered and fell upon the rock and it sprang up for a moment until the sun came and it withered up because it had no root. But when we hear the word, and no matter what comes, Timothy, trial, trouble, testing, temptation, Timothy, he says, God loves you. Now hear his word and do it. That's what he's saying. What's the use in us if we don't, brothers and sisters? Our unfeigned, unhypocritical faith, 
oh, we'll praise the Lord. We could dance and sing and hands in the air and worship away. And we get home and trial hits our house. And yes, we all get concerned and we all get anxious and we all get down and we all need encouragement. But at some point in time, we must dig deep and be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and say, it's Christ for me no matter what. Stir up the gift of God as in they say, Lord, I believe you. I trust you. Jesus says, look, if you don't, you'll leave this place this morning. Hear something. God, your healing scriptures are spoken over me this morning. I'm going to believe that. And you walk out the door. Oh, I felt that pain in my back. Or, oh, my arm is bad again. Or, oh, there's the other thing. Lord, you're, you're not going to heal me. You're building your house upon sand. And all those troubles and rains that come, the storm comes, what happens? It starts to wash out everything away that you've heard and you start to topple over. You start to win, and you start to get this courage. Next thing, the devil comes. And he says, sure. As he said to Eve in the garden, he says, sure. Did God say? First thing he says, the serpent comes, and he says to Eve, did God say? Are you sure? Well, I heard it, but maybe. You see, Eve wasn't told by God not to eat of the tree. Adam was told. And Adam told Eve. You see, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they be sent? God told Adam. Adam was sent to Eve. Eve heard the word. Eve believed but didn't do. And the house fell down. And the house fell down. Did God say? So you're going out the road and you're driving up the way up home for your lunch or whatever, or tomorrow and you're working. You, are you sure? Did God say that? But what about this and what about that? Sure, you don't need to believe that. Did God say? And suddenly the doubts come and, and the trial hits you and you, you're sinking under. Did the Spirit at all speak this morning? Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 6. Let your eye run down. Whoso cometh to me, verse 47, and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he, he is like. He is like a man who's built a house, notice, and dig deep. You know, sometimes, brother, Sometimes, sister, this walk of faith means you've got to dig deep. You know, there's an awful lot of Christians and they're easily offended. They're easily offended if someone sat in there. There's no seats belonging to anybody here, but you know what I'm saying, if someone sat in their seat or if somebody didn't sing a certain song or the pastor didn't shake hands at the door. <laughs> there are Christians who first trial comes and 
they feel their prayer isn't answered and their, 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 their faith wanes and they're nearly backsliding till the pastor goes out and winds them up again and stirs them up. Come on. You see, David, when he was discouraged at Ziklag and all his family and all his men and all his goods were taken, what happened? They're all going to stone him. And we're told David encouraged himself in the Lord as God. You see, the mature Christian learns to encourage themselves in their Lord, their God. I was out over the, the field yesterday morning with a dog. He's the holiest dog in the whole of Donnacloney, I think. He's a sanctified dog. <laughs> Separated, set apart dog he is. And we're walking away over the fields. And there's a few things in, that could discourage me in my life at the minute. I'm walking over and I thought, Lord, what's going on? I didn't stand and go, oh, Lord, thou art my father. I thank thee very much for the. He's my father. I talked to him. I said, Lord, what is going on? Please, Lord, just explain something to me. Give me something. Help me out here. I thought the Lord just saying to me, just worship me, son. Just worship me. I walked up and down that field for over an hour. There's no one like you. And there's none beside you. There's no close second, Lord. Lord, you are great. And you're greatly to be praised. And I love you. My heart wants to love you more and help me to love you more. Lord, you fill the heavens and the earth and yet you take time to speak to my heart and I feel I bless the mind of you, Lord. You're so gracious. And you're so good. And you're so kind. And you're so lovely. And you're so generous. Oh, I'm so blessed that you love me in such a way. The God of the universe, you spoke the stars into being. You uphold all things by the word of your power. Yet you speak to this heart of mine, Lord. Oh, Lord, there's no one like you. There's none like you. Jesus, your name is as ointment poured forth to me. You're the chiefest among 10,000, any 10,000. You're the apple of my eye, the desire of my heart. Be the darling of my bosom. And all my ways and, and all things I do and whatever I say, I will glorify you and exalt you. For, Lord, you alone are worthy. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Lord, you're worthy to receive riches and honor and glory and power. For an hour. For an hour. See, by the time I left, my whole mind was fixed in him. My whole mind was fixed in him. Paul says, Timothy, listen. Temptation and trouble and trial. Persecution and hardship. It's coming your way. You're in the midst of it. 
You know when you get so stressed sometimes, you, you get up to do something, you can't remember what you've done, and then you go back again. Where was I going there? And you want to jump out of your own skin. Sometimes you want to leave yourself standing there and walk away, don't you? Or is that just me? <laughs> don't you? You feel the whore hair, the gray hair coming as you're standing there. You feel the, you feel the, the, the pain in your body sometimes and the weight of it and the stress of it. And you're saying, Lord, where, where, where am I going to go? And you get yourself, as you would say, into a tizzy, into a fit. You're coming and going left, right, up, down, back, forward. You're going like Job. Oh, if I knew where you were, if I could find you. He says, I'd bring my cause before you. You know one of those times? What do you do? Remember this. No matter what you're thinking, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what's against you, no matter what comes your way, the hurts and the anguishes and the pain and the suffering, no matter what a doctor says, no matter what, God is on your side. He loves you with a deep, everlasting, passionate love. And the foundation of God in your life standeth sure. It's not in who you are. It's not in even your friends that come around you. Thank God for them. It's not in anyone or anything else. Your foundation is in God and in our Lord Jesus Christ. And he stands sure. You know how sure he is? I reckon the Irish version of the Bible would be sure to be sure to be sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you know how sure he is? You see, if someone's being sure, they need assurance to be sure. They need to have... A, 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 if I was to be made sure... Somebody has to tell me that. That's what I'm trying to put over you this morning. Somebody has to tell you that. Come on, assure me. And then you're, well, I'm sure now. Yes, I've settled it in my heart. And I keep it like that. Walk in that. But you see, when you're talking about God, he doesn't need assurance. He is our assurance. And every word that he speaks forth Every word in this book, the Bible, will not return unto him void. You and I say things and change our minds, make promises and we don't keep. You and I say something and we don't turn up or whatever. We say it even in a way we didn't mean to say it. But every single thing that God has sent forth from his own mouth, every single thing, He's sending it forth with purpose. And there's no mistakes with him. That's us finished for this morning. We'll do another part. I was going to finish there, but I've so much more to tell you. He that heareth and
doeth not as like a man that is without foundation, and buildeth his house upon the rock, against which the stream did beat violently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. The foundation of the man who did not build on the rock, but really built on sand, as it were, he didn't dig deep. He didn't dig deep. The foundation was not laid. He built a house, but it just crumbled all around. This morning, let's leave here saying, Lord, no matter what, I'm digging deep. I can honestly tell you, I've been digging deep for some time, (laughs) but I'm still digging deep. The foundation is laid. Now we have to say, Lord, this is what you've said is our foundation. (laughs) So say, sure to be sure to be sure. Bless his holy name. Don't forget, next week, superintendent's here, Pastor Admiral Michael, please come, support the work. But the week after, in God's will, we'll see how the Lord leads.